When I visited Song Qingling's Memorial Park in Shanghai, I heard an amazing story which impacted me greatly. She's the wife of... Okay, I think we do have this problem previously. Yeah, it's on. So can you click for me? Okay, I think you click for me. She's the next slide. Next slide. She's the wife of Dr. Sun Yat-sen, the first president of Republic of China. Later, she's given the position of the president and honorary president of the People's Republic of China. She's also called the mother of the nation. For holding such an important position, what is truly amazing is how she treats someone from the lowest rank in her society. Li Yan'er is an uneducated young girl who at 16 years find employment with Qingling as a maid. A maid's work is to do household chores. However, Qingling does not treat her like a maid. She addresses her as an elder sister, although she is 20 years younger. Yan'er works for Qingling for 53 years. Due to time constraint, I'm not able to tell the many beautiful stories on how the president treats the maid, except to fast forward to 1979. This is the time Yan Er is diagnosed with fourth stage cancer, and Qingling is heartbroken. She does everything possible to help the maid recover, but she eventually succumbs to the fatal disease. When the urn comes back, Qingling's orders that she be buried in the family cemetery. Qingling also orders that when she passes on, she will be buried next to her mate. About 100 days later, Qingling also passes on. And to fulfill her wish, she is buried next to Yan Er's grave with the same symmetrical design. Does anyone know of the head of a nation who is buried in the same cemetery as his or her mate? When I reflect this story, I come up with one lesson. The measure of greatness is determined by how well a person with the highest status treats a person of the lowest rank in the society. Is this true of Jesus Christ? In today's passage, we read about how he treats a leper. And judging by the way Jesus treats a leper, the reader of the Gospel of Mark and the listeners of today's sermon can decide whether Jesus is truly the greatest person you will ever meet. The Gospel of Mark is written to the Roman citizens. They are mostly non-believers. Its purpose is to persuade those in power in Rome that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God. During the first century, there are many religious leaders who claim they are divine. So how can you test if they are genuine or fake? One way is to see how Jesus treats an outcast who is poorly ranked in a society. In biblical times, one of the most horrible diseases is leprosy. It is caused by bacteria that affects the skin and the nervous system. It can disfigure the body. A leper's hands can curl up and the nose can collapse. 
when the bacteria affects the nervous system, the leper will be unable to feel any pain. And so when he falls, he can have a cut. And he can actually bleed to death because he can't tell. Leprosy is an infectious disease. It spreads through contact like handshakes and hugging. It spreads through nasal secretions like sneezing. As there is no cure, the body will degenerate. His throat will become hoarse. His feet may become sore. His fingers may drop off and he can't hold the food to eat. His skin will emit a horrible smell and his face may appear like a lion. This makes it hard for anyone to look at the leper. And putting all this together, he must be isolated. When he moves around, he has to shout, unclean, unclean. There is no hope for him to get better except to wait for death to come. This is the basic picture of this leper. He ranks very lowly in his society. And how would Jesus treat him? This brings us to today's passage. And I have three points. The greatness of Jesus is shown by his accessibility to the leper. Verse 40, a man with leprosy come to him and beg him on his knees. If you are willing, you can make me clean. In verse 40, we see that the lepers come to Jesus. But how does he know Jesus is around? What Jesus is doing is summarized in the two preceding verses. Verse 38, Jesus replied, Let us go somewhere else to the nearby villages so that I can preach there also. This is why I have come. So he traveled throughout Galilee, preaching in their synagogues and driving out demons. So we see Jesus is traveling around. His methods of reaching out include preaching, teaching, casting out demons, and healing diseases. Jesus is making himself accessible to anyone in need. But who will freely approach Jesus? In verse 40, this leper comes to Jesus. Based on the background of a leper, it is not easy for him to come to Jesus. First, he is in isolation. And second, if he wants to come near to anyone, he has to shout, unclean. Third, the crowd that is following Jesus may object to the leper coming to Jesus. The crowd may even ask Jesus, don't go near to the leper. But no matter what the obstacles are, Jesus makes himself accessible. The leper seizes the one moment by taking three simple actions. First, he comes to Jesus. Notice he has to take the first step. Jesus is always inviting people to come. He says, come to me. All you who are weary and burdened, I will give you rest. The leper knows what he must do to get healed. He needs to come to Jesus. And for us, if we need help, we too must come to Jesus. Second action is to beg while kneeling down. This action of kneeling shows his dependency. This action is very visible, but very rare. And the word for kneeling is used four times by three persons. Next slide. Next slide. Besides the leper, it is used by the soldiers when they mock him while putting the crown on Jesus. 
It's also used by the rich young man who asks, what must I do to inherit eternal life? In both cases, they are not sincere. So when we come to the leper, we see that he's kneeling down. It's very sincere. And recently, you know, this coronavirus is affecting all of us. And so my daughter, she made a prayer request because her classmates, parents, they have gone to China for Chinese New Year and they couldn't come back. So my daughter made that prayer request and, you know, so naturally my wife said, let us kneel down to pray. So next time when you face a trying situation, you might want to kneel down before God as a sign of dependency on Him. The third action, one more thing. He makes a request. If you are willing, you can make me clean. Notice how humble the leper is. He doesn't make a demand, heal me. He makes a conditional request by placing the whole responsibility on Jesus. If is Jesus willing to heal the leper, we will find that out in the next point. But for now, we see that Jesus goes around to make himself accessible. Even though he is in heaven, he is available to help us. You know, sometimes we need help. We go to people. Once I remember, I went to one of my professors and uh, I went to his door and then I saw this sign, by appointment only. You know, I needed help, but I couldn't get it. One historical moment in Singapore happened in uh, June 2018. Next slide. The most powerful man in the world was in town for the summit with President Kim, between President Trump and Kim. I was reading the motorcade that would take him, you can see at the bottom, it consists of 50 vehicles. The president's car is called the Beast, but you won't know where he is because there are two such similar vehicles. So the public will never know which one he's in. And uh, supposing I want to have a cup of coffee with the president, you know, I really can't get accessible to him easily. So I was thinking, I'm thinking, how about our Lord Jesus Christ? I think his greatness is due to the fact he is available 24 hours, 7 days a week. Anytime we need him, we come to him. So what will Christ do? when he is readily accessible to help us. So let me go to my second point. The greatness of Jesus is shown by his compassion to the leper. Verse 42, 41 to 42. Filled with compassion, Jesus reached out his hand and touched the man. I am willing, he said, be clean. Immediately the leprosy left him and he was cured. Next slide. Here we see how Jesus responds to the leper. We see when he sees the leper coming to him, he is filled with compassion for his suffering. Jesus' compassion compels him to take three actions. First, next slide. He stretches out his hand. Since the leper is in a kneeling position, by stretching his hand from a higher to a lower position, Jesus is offering help. It's a picture of a kind of a rescue operation to offer hope for a desperate situation. Next, 
Jesus touches the leper. And Jesus does not even think that he will be infected by the leper. He is immune from diseases. His compassion makes him overlook the danger and to see the restoration in him. Now, the leper has not experienced touching for a long time. Now, he feels something beautiful going through his body. Modern researchers have shown that there is healing power in touching. A newborn baby with much caring touches will grow up with confidence. Husband and wife will survive long in their marriage when there are loving touches between them. A patient will recover well with the healing touch from a physician. And when the leper feels the touch of Jesus, he feels loved, assurance and bonding. Let's look at the third action. Jesus says, I am willing to be clean. In the Greek version, Jesus speaks only two words. It seems that when Jesus wants to heal, he speaks very little. That's good enough. We see that the leper is healed because of Jesus' compassion towards him. Now let's explore this uh, concept of compassion a bit further. And the Greek word, next slide, it's um, this, uh, splatnizomai. It has no English equivalent because it means to be moved as in one bowels. And the bowels are the seat of emotion for pity and love. And the most common translation is compassion. This word occurs 12 times. And 9 times it is used exclusively on Jesus. And the 3 other times it is used on 3 other parables of the unmerciful servant, the good Samaritan, the prodigal son, to refer to the compassion of Jesus. And all these occurrences of the word of compassion applies only to Jesus. It shows Jesus has great compassion for the needy, for those who need help, for those who need the healing touch, for you, for me. But I also like to believe that people can also have compassion. Next slide. Some time ago, Professor Kishore and Klaus, uh, they wrote an article in the Straits Times, What Makes a Great Leader? Let me read. For Klaus, the five key elements were heart, brain, muscle, nerve, and soul. For Kishore, compassion, handiness, and courage were key, as was the ability to identify talent and understand complexity. The extent of the overlap is telling. It is noteworthy that both these writers put on top heart and compassion as the most important ingredient for a great leader to have. And I believe that a leader must have this compassion in order to serve well. And such is the testimony that comes out this past week. And this was the article I saw next slide, in the Straits Times. God has called home Pastor Philip Chan, the co-founder of The Hiding Place. He used to be a drug addict, but he comes to know Jesus. And let's hear the testimony of one of these persons helped, called Caleb Tan. Mr. Caleb Tan said Pastor Chan was a father he never had. The 46 years old, a former drug addict, was raised by his grandmother and had no idea who his biological father was. He was jailed 
six times for drug and other offenses. When he was released in 2010, he went to the hiding place as he was homeless and experienced Pastor Chan's compassion. From these stories, we see that the greatness of a person is shown by his compassion for the needy and helpless. When you have compassion for this kind of people, and you can be like Jesus, and it is Christ's compassion for the lowest rank that makes him such a great God. But sometimes the lowest rank may not reciprocate well to the kindness received. Let me explain in the next point. The greatness of Jesus is shown by his forbearance to the leper's behavior. Jesus sent him away at once with a strong warning. See that you don't tell this to anyone, but go show yourself to the priests and offer the sacrifices that Moses commanded for your cleansing as a testimony to them. Instead, he went out and began to talk freely, spreading the good news. As a result, Jesus could no longer enter a town openly, but stay outside in a lonely place, in lonely places. Yet the people still come to him from everywhere. Now this passage can be a bit puzzling. A miracle has already happened. If this miracle were to happen today, the world would be a buzz through social media. After all, we should let the whole world know about the healing power of Jesus, shouldn't we? Excellent. Yet we read that Jesus gave him a strict warning not to tell anyone, but sends him away to the high priest. When we examine Jesus' action, we conclude he does the right thing. Jesus is enforcing the law of Moses in Leviticus 14. Here it is stated very clearly that when a leper is healed, he is to meet the priest outside the camp. The priest will leave the temple to meet him. And after examining the healed leper, there will be some rituals like the offering of animal sacrifices to confirm the leper has been healed. He can then return back to the camp, but stay outside the tent for seven days. On the seventh and the eighth days, there are more ceremonies to ensure the leper is totally cleansed. And after this, the priest will then declare the leper is clean and he can go back to his family, community for his social and religious life. Now, maybe because of this prolonged ceremonial cleansing, I don't know, I'm just guessing, the leper thinks he can skip it. So in doing, he is disobeying Jesus' command and the Mosaic law. He also misses a great opportunity to do something great. Should the leper have gone to the priest, the Bible says he would have become a testimony, a testimony to them, to the priests. As stated, there is no cure for leprosy. The Jewish people know that only God could heal a leper. Next slide. The last recorded of a healed leper was Naaman during the times of prophet Elisha. That was almost 800 years ago. For many years, the priests have not met a leper until this one healed by Jesus. 
if he had obeyed Jesus and appeared before the high priest, the priest would have found that Jesus could be the long-awaited Messiah that has come to Israel. And there, this would have been a great testimony to all the religious leaders that Jesus is truly the Son of God. So when we see that instead of obeying Jesus' command, he goes about talking freely and spreading the news. It sounds evangelistic and good for the gospel. Yes, it's true. People are attracted to come to Jesus, probably in this context, for healing. But the leper's behavior also brings about a negative effect on Jesus. Due to his disobedience, Jesus cannot appear openly in the town. In fact, he has to go into hiding because his life is now at risk. The religious leaders would think there is a bogus healer who has done healing without the recognition of the priest. They would have Jesus arrested and maybe killed. So now Jesus has to bear the consequences of the leper's impulsive behavior and disobedience. Despite of what has been done, Jesus does not burst into anger and scold him for his disobedience. He does not come down hard on his weakness. It's like Jesus is practicing the command in Leviticus 19 verse 18. Do not seek revenge or bear a grudge against anyone among your people, but love your people as yourself. I am the Lord. I also believe Jesus overlooks the leper's fault despite his good intention. Next slide. Proverbs 19.11 says, A man's wisdom gives him patience. It is to his glory to overlook his offense. So we see that Jesus' greatness is shown by his forbearance on the leper, despite his disobedience. So let me bring this sermon to a close. The lesson from the leper is very applicable. We may say that we are not suffering from leprosy, but leprosy is a type of sin. Sin is deeper than the skin. It is deep inside us. Sin is causing defilement to our spiritual life. It makes us ugly and disfigures our image. It is infectious. Sin spreads from Adam to us and from us to others. Sin separates us one from another and from God. It makes us an outcast since sin is incurable and it will cause us to die. Like the helper, the only hope is to come to Jesus who makes himself accessible to us. We need to pray and call out, if you are willing, you can make me clean. Thank God for sending Jesus from heaven to meet where, us where we are. When he comes to earth to die on the cross, he sheds his blood. He has the power to cleanse us from our sins. Then he looks at our sinful condition. His compassion on us. He stretches out his hand to touch us. When he touches us, he transforms us from sinners to saints. As believers, we like to tell the wonderful things he has done for us. Sometimes we disobey God. We disobey Christ. And we shame his holy name through our behavior. And despite our weaknesses, Jesus does not treat us according to what our sins deserve. 
Let me flesh out the last slide. Psalm 103, let me read. He does not treat us as our sins deserve or repay us according to our iniquities. For as high as the heavens are above the earth, so great it is love for those who fear him. As far as the east is from the west, so far has he removed our transgression from us. As a father has compassion on his children, so the Lord has compassion on those who fear him. Notice the word compassion. Verse 14, for he knows how we are formed. He remembers that we are dust. I started by saying the measure of greatness is determined by how well a person with the highest status treats a person of the lowest ranking in the society. Brothers and sisters, you know, we are like dust. But thank God, Jesus does not, does not treat us like dirt. He has compassion on us. He loves us. And do you agree that Jesus has treated us as well? And if you agree, then I declare that Jesus is truly the greatest. He is the Son of God. Let us pray. Father God, thank you for Jesus Christ. He has come. Make himself readily available for us. And we too must come to him because he has compassion on us. We need his blood to cleanse us from our unrighteousness. And help us, Lord, in our daily living to obey you, to obey your commandments and to follow after you wholeheartedly. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thank you, Pastor Peter. Indeed.